Check. 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 Checkaroo. <laughs> Should do all different. You have to do a um, an accent of some sort. I'm pretty bad at accents. I'm horrible at accents. Yeah, I'm really bad. All, all of my accents just sound Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. All right, Todd. Yes, sir. Let's talk about social media. Social media. Does this come up in uh, therapy for you? It does. It does a lot. Real quick. Would you say, oh, okay, so a lot, yeah. pretty frequently, yeah. social media comes up. Yeah. Okay. Does it have any variance in terms of, like, does it tend to come up more with your younger clients? Or is it pretty evenly distributed among different types of clients or across different difficulties like depression versus anxiety? Is it pretty uniform? Um, like, do you get the sense everybody? I think anecdotally it would be more in... Um, Clients who are like 50 and younger. Okay. Um, and usually with my depression gotcha. uh, related clients. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Not much in my anxiety, but mostly. Yeah. So what's a, what's a typical context in which social media comes up in therapy? I had, I had one client in particular who really was frustrated with um, getting onto Facebook and seeing that his friends were all doing great fun things Hmm. and and he felt very um left out or like his life wasn't as interesting as his friends Mm -hmm. yeah and was kind of lamenting basically how um yeah his his life was just definitely more boring than his friend's life (laughs) is what his claim was Hmm. Mm -hmm. so was he bringing up uh bringing it up to you as a well this just sucks or as something like I want to work on this. Like, what do I do about this? Um, Like, was that something you had to kind of pull out and say, maybe this has to do with your social media usage or did he have a sense that that was, I think that was more of a, um, like a, in his mind, a supporting fact to the idea that his life wasn't great. Mm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. My life is kind of, crappy and social media just showed him that yeah yeah just you know gave him more for proof. example i'll log on to facebook mm. all my friends are doing great and exciting things yeah. and i'm not doing anything fun and mm. yeah it was kind of one of those social media was su- providing um support for this idea that his mm. life was that much worse than anybody else's mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. so you said yeah man your life's super boring well we, we we talked about facebook quite a bit and like what that meant to him and and how he liked he enjoyed facebook for most for the most part um but was was kind of yeah really using facebook to 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 almost see how different his life was than his friends i it, it turned into a practice of really going on there to see um what his friends were up to that he wasn't almost. Okay. So that's counterintuitive, um, at least superficially that he, he's describing this comparison with his friends as a problem. Like it makes him feel bad mm-hmm. yet. It's something he does. Yeah. What well, that, that seems strange. Why yeah. would you do something that, you know, makes you feel bad? Well, I think it was kind of a rumination type of behavior. 
where it was it was a process. He would he would log on to Facebook or whatever and start viewing and then um, go down this kind of ruminative rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And and Facebook just kind of provided the the direction, I guess. But he's got to be getting something out of it, right? If he's he's certainly getting negative feelings like of comparison but he there must be something positive like why would he do it if it was just negative i think i think initially it's just well it's probably just there's an initial kind of draw because it's interesting i mean what are my friends doing today Mm -hmm. um but i think sometimes when he saw something that was they were doing something really fun or something kind of meaningful he kind of would go down the why isn't my why aren't i more like that you know what am i not doing or yeah so he never really set out to start comparing himself negatively to his friends. I don't think that was the initial intent. And, and, and I, I'm trying to remember we went through it, but I think the initial intent was more intent was more to, to be entertained by it. Yeah. Which, which is how that's a pretty general explanation for how social media works for a lot of people, right? There's something about it that's appealing, especially initially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we kind of slowly start to realize there's all these other really negative side effects that go along with it. Right. And and yet we can't quite seem to extricate ourselves from it. It seems to be kind of a, um, a more and more significant part of people's lives. Yeah. Like it's, for me in my experience, and I, I don't, I don't talk a lot with my clients about social media, but it is definitely climbing the ranks of things people are uh, frustrated with or complain about or just have lots of negative things to say about. Yet, it's increasingly something we spend more and more time doing. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. just like a fascinating paradox. More and more popular and more and more powerful, yet. For more and more, more people. And more frustrating. Like you said, all the way up to people who are 50. Oh you yeah, know? yeah. And I have I have plenty of sixty and seventy year olds who talk about being on Facebook a lot. Yeah, I think I think plenty of people are there. It's just most common. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting little place. Mm-hmm. So what ended up happening with that with your client with uh, well, like was, did, did his Facebook use become a big part of your or a significant part of your work together? I wouldn't say significant, but in this in this discussion, we definitely looked at. Um, what was upsetting him and what was really upsetting him was that he really felt like he wasn't having fun in his life. He wasn't enjoying mm-hmm. himself like his friends were. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then that he wasn't, you know, sharing some, his life with his friends, the way his friends were sharing, mm. because it was like, ah, you know, I'm on this to, to see my friends and I'm on this to talk to my friends and, and I want to be able to, to use the platform to, to yeah. do that. Um, and so we just, we addressed the, the idea that he wasn't having fun and, and kind of looked at how he might do, you know, select and mm-hmm. identify some things to enjoy and that were meaningful to him. And so the problem, it, this is interesting that it seems like Facebook or social media literally showed him something that was true, which is that he wasn't doing as many fun things as he wanted to be doing. It wasn't that, he actually had a pretty good life and he was just uh, kind of in denial about that because he was comparing it to, you know, rich people on yachts. Um, yeah, you it's, know the, it's that it showed him something painfully true about himself. Well, uh, and, and, and I wouldn't say that. Okay. So maybe <laughs> um, not. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. I curious. can see what you're saying though. And, and yes, to, I, to a certain degree, I think you're right that, 
that because his friends were posting things and he wasn't, he felt kind of left behind in that aspect. When, when he, I asked him to show me his friends posts, what are they posting? You know, what are you so kind of jealous of? Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the posts were like sweet, you know, they were like a picture of his kid at the breakfast mm-hmm. table. And, and they were like, oh, I love having breakfast with my kid in the morning. You know, it wasn't like an adventure, but he found, you know, that was his friend's post. He just, he was kind of jealous of that. And so when I actually started talking to him about, you know, the things he did in the week, he actually did some fun things. He just didn't post it. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't attuned to it or very mindful of that that was even happening, hmm. you know? Um, and so as we identified things that he did during the week and wanted to do, um, uh, we also said, Hey, maybe you should be mindful of these things, pay attention that you're doing them. And and if you want post it, and we made a goal to like post something every day Hmm. for like a week that he was doing, um, whether it was going for a run or out with friends at dinner or, Hmm. you know, um, so it sounds like very much the case that social media wasn't really the problem for this guy. In fact, it was part of the solution. It, it, it became part of the solution yeah. for him. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And it wasn't the problem. It, it was the way he was com- kind of, I guess, making those comparisons. Mm-hmm. And then um, the way he was using, I think, social media was probably not healthy. Hmm. So if you're just going to jump on and then... Just browsing, not actively contributing? Well, man, if you're going to jump on social media with the purpose of comparing your life to other people's, I don't think that that's probably... Would he say that? Did he say he was purposely getting on no, social no, media? No, no, not, not purposely. Oh, but that's okay. what he was doing in effect though, right? He would jump on, start looking, and then immediately start kind of comparing and saying, oh, my life sucks compared to these people. But what what is social media without... Compa- I mean, it's literally just you're seeing what either what other people think or what other people are doing. I mean, isn't that inherent to social media? Yeah, yeah. I don't know... So how do you get on social media without comparing? How do you have a conversation with your friend without comparing? Well, you're not talking about what your friend, you're not necessarily talking. Well, I think actually maybe you always are. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I think using social media as a comparison, well, there's there's healthy comparisons and unhealthy comparisons, but going on there and using it as an unhealthy comparison machine is probably not the idea. Hmm. It's probably meant to kind of share your life with other people so that they can, so you can be connected to other people in your social network. But I don't think it's meant to mm. say, look what I'm doing. What are you not doing? Mm. Or I don't think I don't think the point is to get on there and say, how is my life different from anybody else's? Mm-hmm. It's to say, oh, yeah, that is cute that you're having breakfast with your kids. Yeah, it's meant to say like, oh, cool. A, a, you know, mm. my friend sharing a picture with his friends of him and his child at breakfast and or him climbing a mountain or mm-hmm. this is what my friend's doing. I don't think it's meant to. But again, so the the platform, the social media itself is kind of agnostic. It's not doing anything specifically. It was his mindset that was really causing the problem. In this case, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that he was kind of bringing something to Facebook that wasn't inherently part Mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. 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 I think think the purpose is more to connect people rather than to compare people. I thought it was to make lots of money for certain people. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) That too. Right. Connecting us all. Yeah. Kumbaya. Yeah. Have you ever had clients have issues with social media? Yeah. My, by far my biggest complaint, I think from people with social media is that it's a time suck. So the complaint I hear a lot is that like, Oh, I just hopped on Facebook and then 
an hour and a half later, I realized like, well, where did my Saturday morning go? Yeah. You know, I had all these, I wanted to go for a hike. I wanted to go to the gym. I wanted to do X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah. And I didn't, I just like mindlessly floated through Instagram for an hour. Yeah. Um, and, th- and that again gets at the, the, the common theme with your, your guys' case and mine is this sort of mindlessness and doing something you don't actually want to be doing, like finding yourself doing something you don't actually want to be doing. Right. Um, something that has maybe an initial appeal or positive quality, but then somehow dot, 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 the side effects way outweigh the positives. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think it's inherently in how you use it. Um, I'm just reminded of another client who, somehow you're able to see who is on Facebook. Like if, if you have a friend who's on Facebook, it shows you can, somewhere. Like whether they're actively looking yeah. at it, you can, yeah. you can see. Hmm. Well, this person's, this person would get upset that their partner hadn't contacted them or texted them or returned a call, but they could see that they were on Facebook. Mm. And so it became a, I'm not a priority oh. because I can see that you're browsing Facebook, but you haven't returned my texts or my phone call. And so you must not care about me. Yeah. And there is another kind of misapplication, I think, of of uh, perception and social media. Well, I mean, devil's advocate here. Isn't that true? Like I texted them, they saw the text, and now they're on Facebook. They must ca- care more about Facebook than me. Yeah. Like that Facebook was more important to them in that moment than I was, than my text was. I'm not sure that's what that means. Are you sure? Yeah. Why not? Sure um, seems like it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the same misperception. Um, no, I, I don't think that if someone jumps on Facebook out of habit or almost or out of boredom that, that they're inherently saying, this is more important than Todd. Yeah, I, but don't, isn't that what their actions suggest? No. No? I don't think one thing has anything to do with the other. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. Interesting. Okay. No, I just don't buy that. In fact, I get texts all day long um, that I think, ooh, I need to think about that reply. I want to, I want to think mm. about that, you know, or I want to take my time. And when I reply to that mm-hmm. and I might I have know. five seconds later that I'll jump on, you know, my, my phone for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but it isn't because I've all of a sudden valued an app more than my friend. Mm. That, that, yeah, it's a good example. Good counter example. I think, I think it happens. Mm-hmm. I think some people, and maybe, maybe this person's partner is bad at returning texts. Just not good at it. Yeah. Poor form. Um, but I don't think that means that that app is more important to that person than their partner. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's what it necessarily mm-hmm. means. Okay. Well, so based on your experiences with maybe your own personal experiences, but also your experiences of social media in therapy, let's let's say you got hired. Let's say Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook hired you and said, you know, we want to make, we want Facebook to contribute positively to people's mental health and not negatively mm-hmm. like w- and we want you to consult for us like d- do you have a sense of what what would be some of your thoughts on what they could do differently to mitigate some of the downsides of social media and maybe or and or enhance the upsides mm. from a kind of psychological mental health point of view um I think I think I would I would, and I don't know how you would do this, but 
somehow inherently in the design, I might encourage participation more rather than just the hmm. voyeurism that mm-hmm. kind of occurs on there. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly how you do that because I'm not into computer programming or whatever that is coding. Um, but I, but it somehow would encourage mm. participation, I think, because then you would actually have uh, a network of people that are all participating. Mm-hmm. And, and it's probably a better thing than just people going on and comparing. And yeah, I like that. I, I think one common denominator among people's complaints about social media is that it's to paraphrase, it's almost like they, we feel like we're being used by social media rather than using mm-hmm. it as a tool, mm-hmm. like as a thing. Yeah. Like we kind of like, like we, I woke up an hour and a half later, yeah. I, nothing productive happened. And maybe I got some kind of hits of momentary pleasure, but I feel like I just wait, yeah. like somehow, like I, I, Facebook got something out of me being on Facebook for an hour and a half. Yeah. Like I clicked on ads or, yeah. I, you know, whatever. I increased yeah. their... I made their advertisers happy. Yeah, but like I didn't get anything out of it. Yeah. So I got used rather than... I think ideally we think of Facebook as a tool or like something we should be using. But I think it's up to you to use it that way. Because Facebook's... Their whole... Any, any social media platform, the whole point is to make money. And so mm-hmm. they're going to structure it so that they make money. It's your job to use it to your to, to your means, not theirs. Right. They they want to maximize the amount of time right. you spend on it. Right. right. So it's up to you to really develop a a system where you're getting the maximum benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So encouraging people to be really proactive, proactive. with their and social media use. And, and I don't know all the algorithms that some of these sites use, um, but I know Facebook has changed from kind of a chronological presentation of of events to an algorithm. And I would, I would probably do away with the algorithm, um, so that what you're seeing is kind of what you want to see rather than what they think you want to see. Hmm. If that makes any sense. Why would that be better for people's psychological well-being? Because then you're seeing the content you went on there for to see your friends, to see your um, social network, not to see political advertisements that hmm. will outrage you and make you more likely to stay on and read the article and Mm. and get upset and forward it to all your friends. And instead it's like an experience that you want rather than the one Mm. they want you to have. Cause now their algorithms are kind of set up to with the idea that they can figure out what you want to see more than you do. Yeah. And, and Mm. I don't really like that. The weird thing though, is that it, you know, whenever somebody makes a big out, like goes from a chronological to algorithmic timeline uh-huh. or something, you know, stuff, whenever people make big changes to social right. media that, that benefit the company that increase ad revenue or whatever, there's always a big outcry, but more and more people keep joining social media, which tells me people don't mind it that much. Yeah. Well, I think, I think social media, <laughs> Like, what does that mean? That this, we... this is a claim I'm going to make that I don't have a lot of. Um, I think, unfortunately, at this point, social media has become such a huge part of people's lives. It's, it's how they communicate. It's how they share news. It's how they do it. I mean, a lot of people don't even text anymore. They'll just share events on Facebook and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so now when Facebook decides to make a change, there's an outcry, but there's nothing anybody can really do because everybody's using it. Everybody's on there. They're kind of a captive audience at this point now. Um, and that's unfortunate 
you know, I, I think that's really unfortunate, but that, I think that's kind of the state of things now mm-hmm. that they can make these changes and everybody kind of grumbles a little bit, but what are you going to do? You know, you can't lose all your um, contacts and your way into, Oh my God, what would happen? You'd have to actually you talk to people. Your Facebook contacts. <laughs> Be sad. Um, so yeah, I think, I think unfortunately a lot of these platforms kind of have you captive now. They can kind of do what they want and you can complain and you can get off. Some people get off social media, but I think most people have just accepted this is the way it is. There's an interesting piece of research I ran across a couple of years that it basically asked people, um, I think this was in regard to Facebook in particular, how if Facebook, if you had to pay for Facebook, how much would you be, how much would it, how much is it worth to you in dollar amounts? Not a dime. Nothing. People, I think it was like people, the, the dividing line was like a dollar. Wow. People w- would not pay more than a dollar a month for Facebook. Really? But that, see, th- this confuses me because that tells me people don't really value it that much. Like really, what would happen to society if Facebook just disappeared? Nothing. Nothing. Don't you think people know that? Like I feel like people on some level, like that study suggests that, that people don't really value it that much. Well, and so you could make you could draw a few conclusions out of that. One is I don't think people understand how much they value it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, right. Maybe they're getting more. Out I think of if it disappeared, think. a lot of people would be like, oh, "I'll pay for that, bring it back." That would be an interesting. Um, but I think inherently people will be like, "Well, I wouldn't pay anything to just talk to my friends." That's ridiculous. And then when it's really gone, they'd go, "I'll pay whatever you want." <laughs> I don't know how much, but yeah, I think maybe people are bad at estimating their own preference there Hmm. that'd be my guess more so than so you think people really do value you think what if push comes if it wasn't just an experiment you think people would pay much more than a dollar or two a month for facebook yeah yeah interesting Hmm. oh yeah yeah especially younger kids have you had a discussion with young kids and all they talk about are how many likes they get how many people saw that post how many people i mean it, it is it is like that's what they talk about. Huh. Yeah. I just have my younger brothers who are, they're 21. Um, and they, so they grew up with social media. Yeah. Um, but they're, they've always been kind of like, they use it all the time, but they're also kind of disdainful of it at the same time. I think that's the best position to, to use it <laughs> to what works for you. And then the rest of it, just scrap it. You know, I mean, literally that, that's, that's my thought, you know, use it yeah. for what works for you. But if it doesn't work for you or make you happy, Stop. Stop doing what But why is that, that is. so hard? Like why is it that why there's so many people who are mis- they're they're cyber bullied and they're like they get in huge fights with relatives about politics and they get they lose all sorts of time all week long because they're in these long like black holes of social media use. Like just drop it. Like what why is that so hard do you think? Uh I- <laughs> I think it's just a big part of everybody's life. And like especially young kids now they're just going to feel left out, you know? I mean, FOMO. Yeah. It's real. It's a huge thing. And and if you listen to, to any of the kind of research that, I mean, there's not much research out there, but there's some research and, and that's a concern for kids kind of missing out or not being a part of is, is really difficult. Um, I, I, I think you and I are so far removed from this kind of, um, chronologically, but we, you and I have no appreciation for just how big a part of these kids' life social media is. It's, a, it's way bigger than 
Because you and I oh, no. kind of think of it well, as like, yeah, those kids are on it all day long. No, I mean, I think I appreciate it. But I, I guess what surprises me is that I, I don't have any doubt that people get lots of positives out of it. But it seems like the negatives are also a huge part of their life. And it just surprises me that mm. for a lot of people that doesn't tip the scales. I don't know if they're aware of how of the, some of those negative... I, I, I don't know if they... I don't know if someone's affected by it negatively who gets off the site goes, ah, that's the site that's really kind of set up in a way that's bothering me. Or if it's just, I don't know if they attribute that unhappiness to the site or to the app. Does that make any sense? Like my client, he wasn't saying Facebook's the problem. Yeah. He was saying my life sucks. Well, neither were you, right? I mean, you were saying yeah. it was a mindset thing. Yeah. So yeah. how do we know for how many people it's a mindset thing or the actual problem is social media? I don't know. Like, I how do you know? How do you get someone to... I'm sure you could design some research around that. I'm sure. I don't. I don't. I don't know if it's being done or if it's been done. I know there's lots of research being done mm-hmm. about social media. And, um, but how would you know? Let's say a, you have a client who's a mom and they've got a teenage kid who said ever since you know ever since Snapchat, like Johnny's been you know he doesn't do as much. He seems kind of depressed. Like, is it because? Should, do I need to just get him off Snapchat or does he need to like see a therapist and work on his depression? Like how would you help your client think through that? If I had a, like a mother asking yeah. me that about her son. Um, like how do you tell the difference between is, is it the mindset? Is that the problem or is it the platform itself? Yeah, I might. I, I mean, it, it would depend on how adept mom is at talking to her son. Um, but if there's problems in communication there, I might say, well, it might be if, if your son's having problems and he's becoming depressed, then why not have him talk to somebody anyway to check the mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Or to see. But hopefully, somebody else could vet that, maybe, or she could if she was, you know, able to have a um, constructive conversation with him, maybe a little to mm-hmm. see whether it was how he was thinking about himself and the world around him, or if he was just really frustrated with things that were happening on, yeah, you know, particular platform i guess i did a um about a year ago i did this thing called a digital declutter challenge digital declutter yeah and the idea is you for 30 days you you basically purge your whole life of any sort of like optional digital technology so you only check your email once a day for work okay you log out of all your social media okay don't use it at all right you um you don't watch netflix in the evening you read instead you so whatever you just go through your life and catalog all the kind of digital stuff wow and you you chop it off for like a certain amount of time Uh and you treat it like an experiment and you see well how do i feel without all this stuff yeah what happens what actually happens yeah and i mean there's probably huge selection bias here but from basically every account i've read of people doing these things and certainly my in my own experience the the profound sense of like relief and even joy that comes from doing something like that is amazing. So it makes me think like maybe the way to think about this is can you like if I'm a parent, can you help your kid like can you design experiments such that not that you're telling them maybe you need to use Snapchat less, but like what happens when you don't? Yeah. You know, like is it catastrophic? Do you... Do all your friends stop being friends with you? Do you... What happened after the 30 days were up? 
I reincorporated some of the stuff, but definitely have reduced a lot of it. You've reduced it, but you haven't eliminated all of it. No, no. And so were you, did you kind of mindfully look at like what parts, how do I want to use that? How often do I want to? Yeah. So the second part of it is, and actually the, the bigger point of the exercise is you, once you eliminate all this stuff for a while, you slowly add stuff back in and see what, what's actually, what works for me and what doesn't. See, I think that's the crux here is that social media is great as long as it's working for you. And, and you have to be responsible for how you're using it. Um, if you're mindlessly using it, it, you don't know if it's working for you or against you or, or, or how it's affecting you. But, but I think the idea is that baked into the DNA of social media use is mindlessness. Like they're designed the, to be used right. mindlessly. And that's what I would say you need to guard against. Use it mindfully. When you go on there, you know, go on there to connect with your friends. Or, or if you open up the app, think about what you're doing when you open the app and why. And, and maybe there are times when you're just bored and you're at the dentist's office and you could care less. Go for it, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but just be intentional. Be intentional about it. Be deliberate about what you're doing instead of just kind of mindlessly. I mean, if you're just on there constantly comparing yourself and you don't realize the negative impact that's having on you, then that's not a good thing. You should be more mindful probably about you know, how it's impacting your mood and how, and what you're doing actually on there. Cause I, I don't think we get on there. I don't think we get on social media sites with the intent of just wasting time and comparing ourselves to other people. I think sure. it's, we get on there for another reason to find this or to look at that or whatever. And then pretty soon we just find ourselves kind of mm-hmm. doing those other things. So being more deliberate and I'm not perfect at this, but I think that's what we're, that's what your exercise is kind of designed to do. Mm-hmm. See what your life is like without it and then deli- be deliberate about what you add in. Yeah. That's the whole point. Um, what was I going to ask you? So, so you did this 30 day challenge. You started mindfully kind of reincorporating things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and have you stuck with it? Yeah. For the most part. I mean, yeah, for most of it. Yep. Um, so there's some things like I, um, like one of the things I did was I stopped listening to podcasts while I ran. Ah. And I would just run without anything, without yeah. watching anything or without. Yeah. And so now sometimes I'll listen to podcasts or I'll watch something while I run, but often, or, or I'll listen to music, but sometimes I'll, I just won't at yeah. all. Um, or like Netflix in the evening. Like my, one of the, we actually, my wife and I for like, what we do, I think it was like eight or nine months. We just didn't watch. We just cut out TV entirely. Right. We never we didn't have TV, but we stopped watching Netflix basically. In the uh-huh. Evenings. Uh-huh. And we've started again, but what we do is when we, after we put the girls to sleep around seven thirty or eight, we'll we'll read for an hour and then we'll watch like one thirty minute sitcom or something. Like deliberately, we're gonna yeah. watch this and then go to bed. And, yeah. Um. And so it's still you know we still watch some Netflix in the evening, um. But it it more lines up with what both of us wanted to do, which was read more, talk more, do other things. Yeah. And still watch some Netflix. Yeah. But not an hour and a half or two hours worth of it. A few years ago, I had moved and I broke my phone and wasn't able to get a replacement for like a week. And it was one of the best weeks of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just, I wasn't checking emails all day long. Mm-hmm. I wasn't just mindlessly distracting myself with stupid things. Yeah. Um, I wasn't being bombarded with texts or calls. It was a really good week. See, and I remember I, getting my phone and going, oh, I don't know if I want this back, yeah. you know? I, you know, I'm actually very optimistic about the future in terms of, I, I think we are fundamentally analog creatures 
And we, I think on a deep level, like we know it, we like like physical reality is as tempting and as novel as like digital reality is now. Like, I think we're going to figure it out. I think as a culture and a society, we're going to figure out that it has its place and its utility, Uh but just this like mindless immersion in it is not really what we want. I think you're way more optimistic than I am. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I just kind of look around and and I worry, you know, this does not look good. The sale of vinyl records is just off the charts. People are buying vinyl like crazy these days. Yeah. Older people who can appreciate (laughs) 30 year old hipsters. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Nick said that I didn't. To all those 30 year old hipsters in our audience. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.